Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hart's Best Ball Wednesday coming at you. We are live over at Underdog trying to win $2 million with the Mania. Why not? Great day to be great. Joining me, as always, none other, PFF's finest, Dwayne The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, how are you? This is our first uh, post-draft best ball draft. How about that? Yeah, man. Uh, obviously excited. It's football. It's drafting. It's post-NFL draft. Like, Let's all go. of those things are like keywords in my life that are all good. <laughs> <laughs> all of them have football of them in them. I think they do, right? I think they all have, they all have something to do with football anyway. I'm feeling energized. Already got the dogs out for a nice long walk today. Was throwing the tennis ball with PFF Lily. Getting humid here in Cincinnati, Ohio. But, you know, it's all good, Dwayne. I will take the sun. If you need to, you know, sit down with a nice cool glass of lemonade, maybe crack open a beer five hours earlier than usual. A lot of things you can do to take that edge off. So now with that important antidote about my life out of the way, let's get into this draft. Going number one, Cooper Cup over Jonathan Taylor. Dwayne. Is Taylor the only one you're taking over those top three wide receivers? Because it seems to kind of be the general sentiment of these drafts so far. I've been seeing McCaffrey fall to even pick five, pick six. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor at one just because he's so hard uh, to get, but I'm totally fine uh, with if you want to go with Cooper Cup. I'm, I'm fine if you want to go with Justin Jefferson. I, if you're drafting a bunch of times, right, Jefferson often goes in the middle, so it's like you want to kind of – Leave yourself some room, some room to get him at a better value. But yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor um, is still my 1-1, one, one, but I would not argue with anyone that wanted to go cup or wanted to go with Justin Jefferson. Finally, now in the oh, post. Austin, Justin Jefferson 3. <laughs> in this post-draft era, we can rely a little bit more on the underdog ADP. Just kind of had a bunch of different factors, namely free agency uh, and stuff going on before. That was making it a little tough to rely um, on with that much confidence. But looking at the wide receivers, Dwayne, Jamar Chase, wide receiver three. Diggs, wide receiver four. He's risen up a little bit since the beginning process. But Adams, five, and C.D. Lamb, number six. Sitting here at 110. Maybe CD's the one that ends up falling to us. Our wide receiver five. I say my wide receiver five, your wide receiver four, a mini value at this point. Yeah. I mean, what I would love to get at this, I would love to turn Stefan Diggs and CD Lamb. And that's the order you have to go. I have Diggs, I have Lamb ahead of Diggs by one spot. You have Diggs ahead of Lamb by one spot. So he just went. Diggs is off the board. Still have running go. backs like Eckler, Eckler, Najee, Mixon. Dalvin Cook off the board at 108. It's just a little early with Dalvin. I know. I read it. He's getting snaps at wide receiver in training camp. That's cool. Guys, there's a lot of issues here. That shoulder injury Dalvin has is probably a worse injury concern than any other injury that you're actually worrying about with these running backs, if he should be at all. But, Dwayne, we're on the clock. Najee is off the board. What are we thinking here? Uh, is Austin Eckler there? Austin Eckler is here. We have to. At 6-7, right? you take Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, welcome to the squad at 110. What is he going as? Yeah, RB6. Yeah. yeah, let's let's get it. And this um, economy. He's normally, he's normally pick six, period. We'll get Eckler. We'll do a little modified zero RB here. I just call that. That's how we're starting right. anyway. You know, my, my whole, start. Like you should give it a you should give it a new name, like right now. Like it no. needs another name. You know, Every, we need I, we've got anchor, we've got modified, we've got hero. Um what's what do you call it, Ian? My, my whole life is either zero RB or modified <laughs> zero RB. If I go to the grocery store and Julia's like, did you get the eggs? I'm like, nah, they were out. Modified zero RB. Unfortunately, didn't work out on this. Uh, uh, really? Uh, lamb right in front of us? 
unreal. Well, okay, still have wow. some good talent here. Dwayne Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Mark Andrews, someone you said that you were coming more around to at this spot. Yeah, Kelsey is, this is hard. It's, you know, he's he's 12-7, so I like taking the value on Kelsey. Kelsey's gone. Here. He oh, just Kelsey won. just went. Okay, my bad. Then, yeah, I am coming around on Andrews. Um, I, I think that he and Kelsey are clearly the top two tight ends now with having Hollywood Brown gone. Andrews so, over Debo or Tyreek? Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. It is true. I mean, without Marquise, because that was the problem with, not the problem with Andrews. I know he was the overall tight end one, but Marquise Brown had like 145 targets last year. I'm sure a good chunk of those will go to Rashad Bateman, yeah. as I'm sure a bunch of Sammy Watkins leftover targets will go to Rashad Bateman. But make no mistake about it, like Andrews is the safest thing in this offense. And, you know, even if Bateman's going to be as good as a lot of people think he's going to be, I mean, what's Andrew's floor? Like what, we talked about this with uh, Josh Allen, Dwayne, like what even would have to happen for Allen to be anything other than this elite fancy asset? Like what would have to happen with Andrews? Cause we've seen him thrive in the run first, even more run first version of the Ravens offense. And just without having the extra bodies there, man, he looked so good last year, like talent wise. Like I, Maybe the beginning of the year, I was a little skeptical if he really belonged at like that top tier talent wise, the real life tight end. He's there, man. Yeah, man. Um, he had the only thing that was ever missing, um, you know, for Mark Andrews was just enough routes. <laughs> and then that came like everything's else has always been there. Yards per route run, targets per route run. Like those have all always been elite. And that's the beauty of some of those like underlying stats, because when you have a player that's in a little bit of a lesser role, you can actually do a little bit more projecting with them. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in on Andrews at this point. Um, feel like he's going to definitely lead the team in targets. Um, got has huge touchdown ceiling, you know, so, and he also has big play ceiling, you know, for a tight end, which is hard to get on tight ends. So yeah, I feel great about it. Dwayne, we have Eckler and Mark Andrews after two rounds moving forward. We're going to start to get into the messy wide receiver territory, but if we can find one of these Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, James Connor, you want to pull the trigger already round three, or is there maybe a wide receiver if they fall to us other than, you know, if AJ Brown or T Higgins are there, I think that's, you know, an auto pull. I Higgins just pull. went. So, okay. He's gone. I'd even say Keenan Allen potentially over some of those running backs, but what do you think can we do here at three, four? It seems like we might go running back wide receiver in some order. Yeah. I'm a, you know, Keenan Allen just went off the board as well. And, and Keenan's fine. I'm a little lower than consensus on Keenan Allen, but I'm not low on him, right? He's, yeah. you know, he's getting up there. Uh, all of his underlying metrics are starting to slide. So I don't like that. Um, Fournette just went off the board. But if James Conner got back here, like with us already having Eckler, I don't feel like we have to. Honestly, I feel like with us already having Eckler and having, you know, the receiver, uh, or sorry, having our tight end locked in, one of each, I mean, I feel pretty open you know like we can do whatever it is that we want to do but like if it if it all just works out perfectly um i do like james connor or saquon barkley here um i do like waddle or Pittman. i know you're not as big on waddle i don't know where you are on Pittman these days Pittman just went actually Pittman is now a top 12 receiver like not inexplicably it was one of the guys i think we were highlighting before the draft Dwayne, as someone we were at least me was higher on than consensus and at this point it's like okay i guess we're just gonna go ride we're all riding with him as a well, top he's 15. been he was pick 36 as of yesterday he just went here at pick uh 25 so yeah that's i mean a definite I, 
I'm not against. I'm I'm writing up my Washington team preview right now. Like right now, I think I have McLaurin one spot ahead of Pittman. I might bump him up there. I'm not going to be bumping him. Him and AJ Brown, like that, it, those could be your wide receiver twelve and thirteen right there. Like I think Pittman yeah. is just outside of that tier. Yeah, the dude Javante Williams just going in the third. Uh, I love that price tag on Javante. You know, normally right now you're having to spend a mid to late second. So that was a Jamar Chase, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams start. Uh, I, I dig that for sure. People uh, are finally kind of admitting that Melvin Gordon's going to stay a little bit involved, but this is okay. This is why, you know, we were saying don't draft Javante before the draft when he was going as like a top six RB. But now we also have guys catching on to James Conner and taking him right after. Uh, all right, we're going to have to do some. We're, Josh, we're to, Allen, Josh Allen just went. We have to prove go. our worth, Dwayne. All right, we got yeah. Saquon. Akers, Zeke, Montgomery, top running backs at wide receiver. We got Waddle, DJ, Williams, Hollywood, Metcalf. Yeah, I like Barkley if he makes it here. Let's oh, see what happens right with it. Where does he go? Yeah. Is that uh, okay. we one pick to us, right? Yeah, we should probably go wide receiver here. Well, why yeah. do we go Waddle over DJ more? Waddle has more competition, and both of them have question marks at quarterback. Um, DJ yeah. Moore's gone, so never mind. Yeah, DJ Moore's gone, but I like Waddle. Dude, I don't mind turning two receivers here because we have a running back and a tight end. I don't mind turning Waddle and Mike Williams, Waddle and Marquise Brown. Um, I think a little tad, it's tad early for Chris Godwin, just knowing that he may start the season slow. Um, but I like I like Waddle fine, and I'm like I like Mike Williams on the way back because Josh Allen did go. So Jalen Waddle is on the squad. I'm okay with getting them at that price tag. Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, Metcalf, Amari Cooper, still very much available. I would love for Mike Williams to follow us. Yeah, and, you know, I did it. I put up my tier article yesterday, and, man, I so toyed with flipping the tier that has Mike Williams in it above DK Metcalf. So that's why it's good to do these. Um, like, I love Metcalf's talent, man. But, like, when it's Drew Locke and then the backup option is Geno Smith, like, it's just – it's. It, and we love to bet on talent, but man, it's just hard to imagine. And then you also have Pete Carroll, right, <laughs> in the equation. So it's just, ah, uh, that just makes it so tough. So Marquise and Amari went. There we go. Mike Williams. Yep. Boom. Do it. Boom. Rock it. Yeah, I got I to gotta do some take some long hard looks at the uh, old wide receiver ranks it, it it's messy we need to have some long hard conversations about them like i i mean i think it's the trickiest it's the trickiest spot this year for sure yeah we should do like an emergency wide receiver <laughs> tier podcast <laughs> most people do emergency pods like for a big transaction we're gonna do an emergency pod just can you flip back to the board bamboozled with some of these wide receivers yeah i got you i know that's real high quality audio for those listening to the podcast we love you guys this one's this a little helps, bit. Yeah, this one's it just helps let me keep up. But so after we picked, uh, you had Mike. We took Mike Williams and Lamar Jackson, Kyle Pitts. It's uh, more of a method. Board. They call method acting. What like when you're like being that same person like all throughout the day. This is like a method pod, Dwayne. We're getting <laughs> we're getting kooky out here. Yes, Kyle Pitts and Waller both going off the board in round four. The idea. See, of so getting, that that's the one thing of where you could pass Andrews. Had we really liked a receiver, say you take Debo, you come back with Pitts and then Williams. I mean, it's kind of tomato, tomato, you know. Uh, I, I'm fine with either way. I guess we're coming around a little more on the idea of getting one of these tight ends because while we do have some holes to pick into the tight ends, like 
once we get done with the first, I don't know, 11 wide receivers and then probably 10 to 11 running backs, that's when we want to take chances on them. So, yeah, at the end of round two, if we can't get Andrews, I mean, who did we take? We took Andrews before Mike Evans, Debo, Tyreek, Kamara, Swift, Higgins. And I'm good Allen. with all of those because I'm okay, I'm okay of the, with that. the positional advantage that you get. And, and things have changed for Andrews, right, since we first put out our ranks. You know, he's lost, like you said, Marquise Brown. So I think it – and it's not that we didn't think Andrews could do it anyway, but to your point earlier, that just pretty much locks him in. So he's, he's no longer in this like three player bamboozled situation. He's not in, you know, he got rid of Marquise Brown. Darren Waller had to add, you know, Delvante Adams to it. Kittle has a quarterback change. Kelsey also lost Tyree kill. That's again, I don't think targets were a problem for Andrews or Kelsey to begin with, but now we really don't have to worry about it. Right. And in these drafts, you know, one thing I'm noticing, especially when you play in these under underdog drafts, like do people pretty much just go by ADP. If you notice, like if you like I have ADP up right now, there are hardly any gaps. People are pretty much just going right down the board. So if you do have some guys that you have convictions around that you want to make a move on, like, you know, there are ways to differentiate your roster. So many people get close to ADP now because there are so many drafts. um, ADP is constantly being remolded. Um, I think there was somebody actually Ian, that I can't remember. I feel like last year someone tested out this whole idea of uh, just just truly letting everything auto draft and seeing how their season went. <laughs> just, you, just letting it go to the, I think they did set some positional requirements and stuff uh, that they had set up in the way they had their, their list set up, but it'd be interesting. Um, like it, it's kind of hard to screw for people to screw these up. In my opinion, like early on, they're just following ADP where people make the mistakes is in how they construct the roster. Right. And in how they do the complete build. And then we got people taking Juju Smith-Schuster at pick 5-2 saying F the world. What, what are we doing with That's Juju? That's about where he goes, though. That's, Come he's, on. He's, he shouldn't be. Yeah, I'm lower. I'm way lower than the market on him. Like, DK is who just slid. DK's normally pick 42. I don't know what pick that was that he just went at. You can probably see it. I can't read it. But Terry I mean, Terry just slid a little bit. Um, see, these these receivers we've been talking about, Terry McLaurin, Juju DK Metcalf. DK people are, Metcalf? Are you freaking yeah. high? I mean, maybe. You know, it's a free country. It, it, if if HB Yanksman's a little high drafting on underdog, that's okay. I'm not saying that's – but come on, man. Don't draft Juju. I don't care what substance you're on. Like, oh, my goodness. Dude, he might be like the number four option in the Chiefs offense. We have no idea. The assumption that he's just going to walk in and be that number one wide receiver is absolutely insane. He could be he could be the odd man out. Sky Moore, MVS, Miko Hartman could feasibly be there over Juju. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's a player that I'm lower than the market on than Juju. Juju's the one that's the most. All right. We are up in three picks. Massive wide receiver run. Metcalf McLaurin, Allen Robinson, Gabriel Davis. We still got yes, Michael and, Thomas. Yeah, and, and the Bateman. quarterback that a guy double tapped quarterback. He went Herbert and Murray. Murray was what I was hoping for here. Wow. Um, but I would star Jalen Hurts here. Um, Do we as think a potential he... option? I'm just. Yeah. Um, oh, Brees, Brees Hall. If Brees Hall's here, he's auto pick. Yeah. All right. We're going Brees Hall. Hell yeah. Why, why is Brees Hall falling like he is? He's the one running back that I wasn't getting much of before, but now I'm seeing him go kind of outside well, if, the top 20. Are we just giving Michael Carter? Are no, people this is, this is how Carter people react. Go? Remember, we talked about this before uh, the fantasy draft season, and I talked about how everyone else was saying, look, Brees Hall is going to move up once he's drafted. A lot of these guys, going back to Jonathan Taylor, 
you know, going back to Javante Williams last year that surged way early in the process in their ADP, they didn't usually surge again unless they landed in a perfect backfield like last year with Najee Harris. And he moved from being a third round pick to being a, an early second, sometimes a late first. There's ah, uh, there goes ATN. Could um, be some final work, final, you know, fateful last words here, Dwayne, but we're about to be in round six and there's still a lot of good running backs available. I mean, ETM barely went at the end of round five. We got Brees Hall, 5'10", Dobbins, 5'9". You know, we just knocked out our Eagles pod. It's not going to be live until next week, but Miles Sanders is someone that we think is perfectly fine or he's going Cordero Patterson, Clyde Edwards-Solaire. Like we have running backs with some legit touch ceilings and some of them are even in good offenses. Elijah Mitchell is going, you know, into the sixth, seventh round now. A lot of opportunities here for people that want to load up on wide receivers early. It's underdog. This is how it goes on. <laughs> this is just the way it goes, man. You know, um, uh, we're on the clock. Do we want to go Jalen Hurts here? Um, what what are the receivers available? Receivers Michael are ben- Thomas, Cooks, London, Burks, Amonra. I like all those receivers. I actually wouldn't mind getting a receiver. Uh, what do the quarterbacks look like again? Just real quick. It's 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 Hurts. I'm fine with Hurts um, or either it's one of those receivers. We've got two receivers. We've got two running backs and one tight end. So, okay. I love the ups. Hertz is the big play upside, right? He's the guy that could in a, he still has number one quarterback in his range of outcomes. Not like we're saying that he's a better shot to hit number one than, you know, Josh Allen. So don't take us wrong, but it's in his range of outcomes. So for Josh Allen, like at his 50th percentile performance, he could be number one QB. It's like it, Jalen Hurts, it's like at his 70th or 80th percentile, you know, outcome. Like he, he can have a shot at QB1. So there is a would you be Would you be down on the next wraparound to try to go Devontae and Dallas Goddard, even though we already have Mark Andrews? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Why not stack the Eagles offense? I have no problem doing that in this, in this sort of format. Yeah. And we're just hoping that Hurts blows up. And if he blows up, I mean, Devontae and Goddard are going to be the beneficiaries uh, there. That's too bad we couldn't get A.J. Brown early on. But when we have someone like a Goddard along with Mark Andrews, that's we could have weeks where one of them is a worthwhile flex option. I mean, I think they have enough upside in their range of outcomes. Yep, I agree. I agree. Amonra, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks going off shortly after us. Antonio Gibson all the way down in the sixth round. I'm about to write about him as soon as I'm done here, Dwayne. I guess my the one, you know, every time I, I'm going through these team previews and I try to have like one big question for each position group that I can hopefully figure out the answer to. And for Gibson, it's going to be just looking at the track record of these running backs that maybe have more than 200 carries, but we're not even getting close to that 50 reception mark, which is, again, looking like it's going to be the case due to J.D. McKissick there and maybe even the 200 carry mark is now at risk with Brian Robinson's third round selection so I'll just be curious with Gibson man because right now we're not expecting a super high touchdown ceiling in this version of the Washington offense and without that receiving work Dwayne like Gibson's best case scenario needs to have an injury yeah I I'm I moved him way down um right after the draft um like he's basically Oh, where do I have him? I have him, I think, as a high-end RB3. You know, the talent is still there, right? We think he can still be a good player. He's been injured. Like, he still was just a a college receiver, uh, not even, you know, over two years ago. Um, So getting going, you know, in his career. And we know that he can catch passes. So those things are all nice. But at the end of the day, everything you just mentioned, like he could be sharing the early down work and be completely outside of the passing down work looking in, right? He might – so. 
think like if he has to split early down snaps, that means he's also off the field for passing down if, if they throw on those first two downs. Right. And then we know McKissick's the guy coming out in two minute offense and all those sort of things. So yeah, I'm with you. Here go the quarterbacks. So Aaron Rodgers, Russell, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson starting off round seven, AJ Dillon shortly after we were doing another stream with uh, Jared Evans and Nathan Yonke last night. And Jared decided to take Damian Harrison or Mondre Stevenson. I, I just couldn't help myself, Dwayne. I like to kind of give the guests or my fellow PFF employees the benefit of the doubt sometimes, but those are just absolutely atrocious picks. And then I log <laughs> on to Twitter today and it's like, it was Ramondre Stevenson day. And people are talking about him again. Like, are we we've talked about the Patriots, Dwayne? Like, what are people uh, chasing? Drake everyone just uh, want, sorry. Everyone wants it. it to be Damian Harris and then Ramondre Stevenson splitting early down work and getting the pass down work. Pierre Strong has better draft capital by three picks than Ramondre Stevenson. Like James White got re-signed. They went out and got Ty Montgomery. Kevin freaking Harris, I think, has a chance to maybe play pass downs. Who the hell knows, man? No, we're not taking Ramondre Stevenson. Ah, there goes Devonta Smith. Yeah, I just oh, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the point in it. Uh, I, I just don't see the path to the big upside. Right? He just needs too many things to go right for the upside. You know, to hit to to your point. You know, there's just so many different things going on there. So, who right, just went off the board? Wide receivers still available. Adam Thielen looking okay. nice here. Sky Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Running backs, we have Cordero Patterson, Kenneth Walker, Damon Harris. No. Tony Pollard and Kareem Hunt. We are on the clock, Dwayne. I kind of like feeling here, man. I'm fine with it. He'll get us through some stuff in the early part of the season. If he ends up, I'm not huge on Thielen declining in all areas, like for multiple years now, like he's going down, like the ship's going down, but there is a chance he gets to move inside and play the slot in O'Connell's offense. And if he does, um, we've seen receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, Reggie Wayne, um, Heinz Ward back in the day. We've seen them have a revival season getting to play out of the slot. So yeah, I like the Thielen pick here and like it gets us through early in the season. We have to start three. We only had two um, coming into this pick. And so now we can come back and I think we need to nail receiver again here and take one of the other guys you just talked about. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with any of Sky Moore. Um, I would also be fine it would be How about a lave. How about a lave? Well, a lave has a chance to come back. Um, Sky Moore, if you want him, you got to take He's him gone. now. Oh, he just went. Okay. Tyler Lockett's the only guy above ADP. Then, uh, then Olave. I would. I am fine with Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. Either one of those two, I am good with. I'm going to go with Chris Olave only because there's a chance, based on some of this Michael Thomas news, that. Michael Thomas could miss some time again. Who knows, man? We haven't seen him play football. And if he is still banged up, like some of these reports are coming through, like if we hear that pops a possibility for Michael Thomas, all of a sudden Chris Alave is going to be shooting up. I mean, does Jarvis Landry like change really your opinion of Alave's no. potential in this offense? Yeah, Jarvis no, Landry, exactly. I mean, they could change the way they run their offense. They run a lot of multiple, right? They like to run two tight ends. They like to use a fullback. There's a lot of different things that the Saints do, um, and I haven't done my projections on them, right? We haven't done NFC South mm. yet. So, I mean, I could change my mind a little bit on that, but I don't I don't think – my worry with a guy like Landry is he might only be on the field for 60% of the routes, you know, or he takes Michael Thomas's play, place as, you know, what do people say, slant boy? <laughs> uh, so, like, he, he could uh, take – I hate he, those people. I, I know. He could take that <laughs> place. But, yeah, it doesn't change my opinion of what a lot – a lot is still the guy that can – can just open up the field at all levels. And that's what we're looking for. 
Trey Lance going shortly after Chris Olave. I was doing um, a little Trey Lance digging on the old Twitter sphere. I think people are freaking out a little bit. Isn't it pretty much common knowledge that teams are waiting to maybe trade for Jimmy G to see how he's recovering from the shoulder surgery, right? So if we're not expecting a trade for a few months, then it's not that big of a deal. We have a conversation of Kyle Shanahan talking about, I believe it was their new QB coach or someone they added to it. And like when he got asked a question about it, he was just immediately going to like how him working with Trey is going to be like really good for his development with no mention of Jimmy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't intentional. You know, this was just something that happened in March. But even if Dwayne, like Jimmy G is still on the roster, like I still think, you know, if the Girl Scouts rolling up and really making us ass, like, <laughs> I still think Trey Lance is the week one starter. They didn't draft him freaking third overall to keep going back to Jimmy G. We've seen the limitations and Kyle must know that deep down. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't necessarily love having to take him where he's going in drafts. Uh, you know, uh, but like if he hits, he's going to hit big. The problem is we just saw everybody go so all in last year. I mean, this is basically where Lance was going last year at the end of draft season. So to me, he might keep falling though, because of this perception that I feel like is ramping up, even though nothing, my point is, I don't think anything has really changed. Like we just gotten another day further into the calendar, but I feel like the news is impacting Lance more now than it did a month ago. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, but it, I mean, I guess the way I look at it is overall we're flat versus where he was being drafted last year. So I feel like overall, like I still consider the market, you know, bullish. After Lance, CPAT finally went, had another quick wide receiver run. Tyler Lockett, Garrett Wilson, Christian Kirk, and Christian Watson. Tyler Lockett now going in the end of round eight. Also someone getting up there a little bit. The quarterback problem is there, but – you know, Dwayne, I'm not, I think I'm this, not drafting him pretty much this year. It's just it's just so it's just so hard with the quarterback situation, the age, everything. And, you know, Tyler Lockett lived always lived on that sweet efficiency. Um, and it came with Russell Wilson. Like, so I'm just I'm worried that's going to be completely gone at this point. So he's not quite on a do not draft list just because like where you get him is fine. Um, but Tyler Lockett's already kind of been this guy like where we get four or five big weeks and then, you know, we get five or six of nothing. Like now, I think we may be hoping for like two or three spike weeks for the season is is my concern. Tyler Lockett just goes out there, goes out there, puts up over a thousand yards, flirts with 10 touchdowns every single year. Can't even get a little bit of love. I don't know, man. I just feel like that discrepancy between him and Metcalf is we're leaning to a younger player, the probably more talented player. And I understand those things. But man, like if we got to do projections, how many target difference are we talking like? 15, 20 over the course of the entire year. And to see that five-round difference, I think, if anything, maybe we're a little high on DK Metcalf, which takes us back to the Mike Williams point, maybe starting to move up some of those receivers and just the more pure offenses. I mean, dude, I love Drew Locke. I hope he figures it out. It's not like he didn't have the weapons in Denver to maybe make a good, few good things happen. With Geno Smith, I think we just saw what this offense could uh, go into, which is being more run first than ever before. It would be pretty ironic, though, if Pete Carroll decides now is, the, now is finally the time to unleash this passing game. It would be very ironic, but it definitely won't happen <laughs> with, those, <laughs> with those quarterbacks. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah, it would be pretty funny, though. Dallas Goddard falling. Do we want to go with him next for the stack? I'm fine with going ahead just because, like, is Tony Pollard still there? Yes. Yeah, I like Pollard and I like Goddard uh, at this pick since Kenneth Walker just went. Let's go so, with Pollard. I Goddard yeah. would be nice 
but, but Pollard is like, one. man, if, if, if Zeke did go down, like it's just so huge. And being best ball, we like Pollard more than what we do redraft because he can still give you that spike week potential. And I didn't even, if you go back to the board real quick, I didn't even get, we should be like kind of helping We're people, like talking again. people through. I know, but I like looking at what people behind us have. Like we should have looked to see if they both have a tight end or two. Well, you can see it right here. Uh, both of everybody behind between us and now have a tight end. So we still have a shot at Dallas Goddard. I just think that with Pollard there, and we got him at pick 106, his ADP is 92. That's okay. Like, we got a nice value on that. And when we can't get that value, we'll take it. Same thing with Brees Hall, pick 58, ADP 49. We've done a pretty good job getting some value. Chris Olave is the only guy we actually reached on by more than a few picks. Oh, we missed Goddard by one. Oh, well. That's okay. I think we need to look at receiver just based on our current roster construction. And there's not an obvious value like just sticking out to me. So there's Jamison Williams and we could have to, we could, we, we could have to wait, but I love the upside. The other option would be Tyler Boyd, but I like the upside of Jamison Williams. Boyd's off the board. So let's oh, go okay, with Jamison. Cool. Jamison, like Alave, someone that I think has a chance to see their ADP just shoot up over the course of the offseason based on some potential news. Like, yeah, Jamison's hurt right now. He's wide receiver 54 because he's hurt right now. So we'll see what it says. I know with these January ACL injuries, uh, from my understanding, anyone that tore it in January, so that also applies to Mechie, Michael Gallup, Chris Godwin. If everything goes right, we're probably looking at a late September, October return. Maybe they're freaks, but that seems to be the general timeline. And then if there are complications, we could be looking at something more into November. But Dwayne, God forbid we get a report that like, hey, Jamison Williams is 100% for training camp. He's going to be right there, you know, going several rounds earlier in that Garrett Wilson tier. Well, and again, like this is a full season league. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, even if we don't get anything out of Jamison in September. Like I, I, I'm going to be okay. Like, why don't you? We already walk got we got Thielen for September. <laughs> why don't you walk folks through like where we are, like total roster, like because I know when I'm listening to these kind of podcasts, I'm like sitting there going, "Could you guys just tell me like who's on the damn team so I know like what the roster makeup is?" Quarterback, we snagged Jalen Hurts in round six. Running back started off with Austin Eckler. Waited to get our second one until round five, but we scooped up Brees Hall. Then got Tony Pollard in round nine as our RB three, which I am comfortable with. Tight end, we went early with Mark Andrews in round two at the you know i guess it was a little bit more towards the beginning overall pick uh 15 after we got eckler round one wide receiver jalen waddle in round three mike williams in round four came back with adam Thielen, chris Olave in round seven and eight and finally now jameson williams so yeah jameson as our wide receiver five Olave wide receiver four Thielen wide receiver three i'm liking this team so far Dwayne. yeah i am too and we're seeing that kind of crunch time right now uh if you look at the picks and you look at the board and what's going on, if you can scroll back down, like a lot of people are scrambling for their quarterback, right? And we know in best ball, everybody's going to at least take two. So that pushes everything up. You see all the tight ends coming off the board. Um, you know, the, the order of the way things are going has changed a little bit versus, you know, what we talked about before the draft, which obviously we would expect. But I do still believe like overall, uh, you know, the way that things shake out this year, no matter what way you start your draft, whether you're still needing a tight end and a quarterback, you know, whatever it may be, like you can manage to get all of that, like between round seven and 11. You just have to be disciplined and make sure that you, that you don't um, stop paying attention to your roster construction and potentially do something that could really like um, undermine like a really great start to your draft. All right, so we're going to need another quarterback at some point. But given that we got Hurts round six, I think two quarterbacks is probably plenty. 
two, maybe three more running backs, depending on who falls to us, and then one more tight end. That is that is the positive to using some of those early picks on a tight end and quarterback. We can go with two of them. We don't need to really be throwing out as many darts. Yeah, for sure. Um, guys I like coming back, um, and I'm just trying to keep up with picks that are going off the board. Now I can't see them again. Can you go back Sorry, to the well, board just we, for a second? Well, we, we need a mix of you know the board and then who's actually available. So I just want to start a few. Tim Patrick, Jacoby Myers, Kenny Galladay at this point I'm not against. Jameson Crowder someone we've talked about a lot. Fuller is someone that if he's playing is going to see his ADP get higher regardless of where he ends up landing. Jalen Tolbert, someone down there. Running backs, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, Michael Carter, Isaiah Spiller, Tyler Algier. I would say out of this group, Dwayne, Michael Carter is very interesting at this point because he similar, you know, he was someone that I thought I was going to be really down on when they got Brees. We already have Brees, so I guess that would be the argument against, but we get some standalone, and you could argue our lineup's toast. I guess I would probably like uh, – I would like Carter more if we didn't already have Brees Hall. Yeah, but at the same time, if one of the Jets running backs happens to be going off down the stretch, right, and one of them gets hurt, uh, or say Brees Hall says Brees Hall is going off, like I, I don't think – I don't think I don't even look at it necessarily as a handcuff. I, I I think you can get upside spike week potential from Carter, uh, and still then you know get Hall you know get you know value from Hall typically. But it is the Jets' offense. Like how involved do you want to be? Do you want to pick a wide receiver first? Because I don't even know what all's available. I mean, I just right. I know there's some Patrick, some Tim Patrick, Jacoby Myers, Kenny Galladay, Jamison Crowder. Any of those guys over Michael Carter? Uh, did and Rashad Penny went. Kirk yeah. Cousins is gone. Yep. Okay. Then yeah. We'll go, um, and we'll Damian Pierce went, I believe. One yeah. galaxy brain move that Justin Herzik, past winner, best ball mania, now does some uh, great work with established to run. One thing he brought up, why, one of the reasons why he likes Naeem Hines is this idea that you get your team in the you get your team in the playoffs, and a bunch of Jonathan Taylor teams are in the playoffs. But what's a way to separate yourself when you're in that final, you know, 300, 400 teams left is to have that backup running back there. The Naeem Hines that maybe doesn't give you anything weeks one through 13, but then you can separate yourself from those remaining teams with the backup. So that is the allure of handcuffing. And Dwayne, I am more comfortable handcuffing Brees Hall when we get him at pick 58 versus, you know, pick 13 or something. Yeah, I think it's yeah. That's why I was still fine with Carter, and it's it's a different story than Jonathan Taylor. But Brees Hall still could go off as well, you know. And the Tua, Jets are okay. a team that could go on the Sorry. clock. We have Tim Patrick, Jacoby Myers, Jameson Crowder. If not them, Justin Fields is there at quarterback. That'd be a little interesting. Ronald Jones. We got 13 seconds. Um. Yeah, take. I think we didn't need to go ahead and take another receiver with what's happening. Let's um, go, Tim Patrick. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't like love it, but it's you know I, I don't have well, my arms fully around it. It's it's not it's not bad. Um, I mean, Tim Patrick it. was better than Cortland Sutton last year. He just was on a similar amount of targets. Sutton actually had a few more, and they both have long term deals. Sutton's a little better, but like they're going to be out there, Dwayne. If I think KJ Hamler, if he's healthy, like he played in the slot in Week One. Like if anything, Hamler coming back is going to be more of an issue for Jerry Judy. They've invested. And Patrick and Sutton, they're going nowhere, man. Jerry Judy is the former first-round pick from a previous coaching staff that could be the odd man out. As much as we love the route running, which I'm here with, it seems like Judy is maybe the one that we're really kind of wishing maybe more so than actually thinking. 
Yeah, I don't want to overthink it. I still think he's I I think he's a more talented player than Patrick. I think that could end up being wrong, but I mean, he still ha- I know he was a former pick of a different, you know, coaching staff, but he was still a former first-round pick. So, yeah. I definitely think of him, you know, way higher than, you know, Patrick. But to your point, like it, anything, you know, could happen. Oh man, Gronk, see, I can't see this board and it's like I got I got to get to a way that I can do these better cuz I can't I can't really do my thing. Um, we'll figure it out, Dwayne. It's early, but yes, Gronk finally off the board in round 12. Someone that Dwayne and I have talked about at length as, yeah, we think he's going to play. So good job by you, RR Jada, snagging him this late. Already had Dawson Knox. Like, that's this, this is why you don't need to take Dawson Knox two rounds earlier because you can wait for someone like Rob Gronkowski in round 12. Looks like even Irv Smith is still on the board. You see the news, Dwayne? Irv Smith running routes near 100%. Ooh, uh, near yeah. full speed, I think was the like, word. What, what, else wish it we, was. what else did we expect? Like he got hurt. Kind of wish it was full speed, but <laughs> that's that is the one thing. So I want to be careful. Earth Smith is near near full speed, and I'm loving it. Whereas uh who we t- oh yeah, ETN Dwayne, we were talking about this yesterday. What was the report on him? He's around 85-90%. Yeah. That was the one I was skeptical of. But when I hear near full speed for someone I like, then I'm gonna use that to confirm my priorities. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Jameson Crowder just went off the board. I like that pick. Um, Jahan Dotson went off right after us. I like that pick as well. Jahan Dotson, I get it. Um, didn't profile as well as some of the other rookies. Um, but, you know, there's a clear discount on him versus where the other rookies are going. You're still getting a first-round receiver. Um, so uh, I, I think he's a player that should, like, he sticks out immediately as being like, hey, he's really more like these other things than different. And people are continuing to let him slide down the board. And Carson, like people act like Carson Wentz is one of the worst quarterbacks they've ever seen play football. He's not top 10. He's probably not even top 20. He is still marketably better than Taylor Heineke. Pick a stat, any stat. Taylor Heineke was the single worst deep ball thrower last year, like by a whopping freaking measure, man. Like it was bad. When he literally waited for Terry McLaurin to go deeper, underthrew him by 15 yards and got poor freaking Terry concussed because of it. Like, my God, man, I, I, I've seen the Tampa Bay games. I understand Taylor Heineke has made a couple good plays, but just because Carson Wentz hasn't really lived up to the MVP standard, he's show he's capable of operating at. Uh, it's just weird, Dwayne, and I don't know, man. The guy's been getting slandered left and right by Colts people in, in, you know, publicly and stuff. And, you know, for someone that's not breaking any laws or doing anything really badder than maybe just not winning enough, like, my God, Dwayne, what's going on with Carson Wentz? How, <laughs> how come the world just hates this guy? Well, he's not very accurate and he hasn't been accurate for a long time. And I think it just yeah. really like showed up like in a huge way last year. Um, you know, he had kind of been living on the fringe of it for a bit and like everything just kind of caved in on him. You know, a lot of it is, is, is this turnover stuff, you know, obviously. So, um, but that, that's more of an NFL problem, right. Than really a fantasy football problem. All right. I'm going to leave the board up for you, Dwayne, and I'm going to look at the picks that might be better. Um, yeah, as long as, I mean, we can switch over, right. Right when it gets yeah. there, it's just easier to see them this way. Did Ronald Jones go? He did, right? I'm just I'm getting caught yeah. up right now. Tyler Algier, Daryl Henderson, Gus Edwards still on the board. Khalil Herbert is Rashad White still on the board? Rashad White is not. Rashad White. We still are in. we are on the clock, and we've got one, two, three, four, DJ five. DJ Chark. We could form a late stack. DJ Chark. Uh, we have seven James receivers Lindahl. though. I think. What's there at quarterback? Tua Tannehill, 
Jones, Matt Goff. Do we go Tannehill? Yeah, Good we could we could go Tannehill. We don't really have any sort of stack with that. Um, we could go. Sorry, I'm going. I made an executive decision. No, you have to. You have to. <laughs> and Alexander Madison was gone. Oh, he was gone. Yeah, see, I can't 11. see this shit. This drives me nuts. Ramondre Stevenson. I don't even really care. Uh, no, Stevenson went. Stevenson, Madison, Rashad White all went at the beginning of round eleven. Uh, okay. What is Irv Smith gone? Irv Smith is not gone. We need a tight end. I think you should take Irv Smith now. The late round tight end of 2022. I said it once. I probably said it 20 times, and I'll say it plenty more. Welcome to the squad, Mr. Irv you, Smith. You would, let's be honest. You would have taken Irv Smith at the last pick if you would have thought about it. I would have taken <laughs> him around Gus like eight if I would have thought about it. What's wrong? Dude, why is Gus going outside the top 50? I think that is absolutely egregious. I think I have him ranked inside the top 40 or so. I mean, it's one of these things where – it's similar to Sutton versus Patrick, man. I really don't think that Gus and Dobbins are that different. Like, yeah, who I think is better? Dobbins. But they've already paid Gus Edwards. Every evidence we have of them using these running backs has been split. They're both coming back from injury. Like, unless you can tell me that Gus is, like, a lot behind Dobbins in terms of the injury timeline. But I don't know, man. I think if they had concerns about Gus as the RB2, they would have done anything to devote some serious resources to helping up, helping sure up that running back room. To me, Gus Edwards is someone that's going to get 10, 12 carries per game. God forbid something happens to Dobbins. No, he doesn't have he doesn't have Alexander Madison or Tony Pollard, like best case RB1 upside, but he'd be a nice little upside RB2. I mean, he's he's not the best handcuff, but he's also not the worst. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when you look at it, um, it's just a situation where in best ball, I like it even better. Like, I don't want to pick the weeks that I need to use, you know, Gus Edwards, uh, you know, if I actually need him whenever JK Dobbins is around. Um, but I do think he gives you standalone value as far as spike weeks go. Right. And then if Gus Edwards, I mean, if uh, JK Dobbins were to go down, obviously we know that his value increases. So it is funny the way people think about these things. And I know part of it is probably coming off of an injury, um, but I think at the price tag that you're getting, um, you're getting him at, I think it's fine. Dude, he's he was an undrafted, undrafted free agent. When a guy's undrafted, we just refuse to give them credit for what they've done. He's averaged five point two yards per carry for his entire career on four hundred fourteen carries. Man, I know the Ravens' offense helps with this. Give Lamar Jackson a ton of credit, but my God, could you imagine if Claude Edwards-Alaire was putting up Gus Edwards' numbers on the ground? We would never be hearing the end of it. Like people would be acting like Ceh is you know God's new gift to the running back position. So yeah, <laughs> I know funny. J.K. Dobbins got over six. Like Dobbins is very good, but. This is this is like you know DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams, it's like Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Like I'm not arguing Gus Edwards is better than J.K. Dobbins, but he's still pretty damn good in his own right. And the Ravens clearly value him as truly more of a one B as opposed to a pure backup too. Yeah, uh, again, yeah, I'm I'm good with it. Hey, coming uh, up on more, the, coming out yeah. on this pick, like look real quick. More. At, look at quarterback. If Goff's there, since we have Williams, uh, Jameson. I think that makes an easy stack. And I think Jared Goff could be sneaky this year. He all of a sudden has um Hawkins. still there. He's got Hawkinson. He's got a Monra. I think on this team, I'd honestly rather just take Goff. Um Wow. Yeah. 
dude, like just, I mean, he's got all these weapons. We've seen Jared Goff be productive before. I mean, he's, you know, he's, I guess he's kind of like the Gus Edwards of uh, quarterbacks. You know, last year, of, of course, yeah, there was no one there, but we've seen him with the Rams. We're not saying he's a great NFL quarterback. When, when you look at what he can do, um, I think he could, I think he could have some nice spike weeks this year. And if they happen to come with Jamison Williams, then that's a correlation that we get. He has been. He he was a low key winner from the draft, and it's not someone that we're oh taking. Oh my god, and, he just went. Oh, uh, there he goes. Okay, <laughs> Fine, okay. You get well, because Daniel we Jones, get, your, your guy's gone. So I say we go Khalil Herbert here, and we either take Tannehill or, or we, do we need Tannehill first? Uh, look behind us. How many quarterbacks do they have? They they both have two, don't they? Uh, yes. Snag Herbert. Let it hang out. Hell yeah. Let him let him hang. Khalil Herbert. I love our running backs. We have all sorts of like there is a best case scenario, Dwayne, where we just have one RB one after another. KJ hey. Osborne still on the board, but we need Tannehill if he's gonna fall. Jalen Tolbert just went. I like that pick. Tyrion Davis Price. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh I guess Elijah Mitchell is falling. Elijah Mitchell is falling because of the presence of Tyrion David Price, Davis Price, but no one's really getting behind Tyrion Davis Price. There goes Ryan Tannehill to the squad. Dwayne, you talk about our team. I need a computer charger. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so we are – I don't even, can't tell. We're in the 17th round now. So, yeah, just looking at the squad so far, we started off the draft with Austin Eckler, who fell to us. Um, at pick 10, normally goes pick seven, followed that up with Mark Andrews. Then we had to come back. We went receiver, receiver at the next turn uh, with Jalen Waddle and Mike Williams, came back to grab Reese Hall. So that means Eckler and Hall are the two starting running backs. Andrews is the starting tight end. And then we also went, came back and added a receiver. Well, we went Jalen Hurts at quarterback, came back and added a receiver. So that makes our receiver room uh, Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams, and Adam Thielen. Then to round out the roster, we I'll go ahead and go receivers. We went with Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Kenny Galladay, and then we came back and grabbed tight end two Irv Smith. Um, one more receiver. We did get Tim Patrick, and then we came back with our QB two, which we were just able to get, which was Ryan Tannehill, who basically just slid off the entire board. Two more picks. Are we feeling? What are we feeling? Running backs that I could still see us taking. Jamal Williams, Hassan Haskins, Deontay Foreman. Foreman would be someone I wouldn't mind taking at all. I just, I think he's a CMC backup. $3 million for a backup running back, Dwayne. Foreman could low-key, if they want to try to keep McCaffrey healthier, Foreman's someone that could have like a Tony Pollard-esque role. And now the offense doesn't have nearly the same upside, but that's why he's available in round potentially 17-18 instead of, you know, 8. Yeah, I mean, I like him. I'm just, I'm actually just trying to right now, like, look, like, what is our, let's see. I'm looking at just like the complete roster construction um, that we have going and trying. So right now we have got our we're running. At, we're at 2662. Two, 2662. Two. Okay. Yeah. 2882, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Julio Jones still available. Like, we should take him if he wraps around. Julio. I don't care where he goes. Like he is going, he's not going to be going in round 17 after he signs with a team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But yeah, we definitely got to do something. I think we got, we definitely have to do something um, at running back. 
And it's not like Julio just won- he got hurt last year, and maybe he'll just continue getting hurt. Uh, and I know it's been kind of the last two years, but it's not like we just had all these, you know, ample a- ample evidence of games of Julio just going out there on ten targets and being a complete shell of himself. I, I don't, I didn't really get that impression at all. I mean, that Seattle game, week two, had over 130 yards, still got absolutely robbed of that touchdown that I don't know how they called out of bounds. Maybe just maybe Julio Jones has one last. Uh, year in them i'll take them after freaking aj green i know that yeah a, a, a back i like is brian robinson jr if he's still available like i don't think i've seen him go do we um, what's his upside though he's two injuries away from something we want yeah but that's okay like i look i mean when i'm looking at him like for where we're getting him like if antonio over gibson Foreman? if antonio gibson goes down i'm fine with it i'm not so sure Foreman has the whole role over uh, Chuba. No, yeah, I, I feel like they're kind of similar. Um, I'd rather invest in the guy that was just the more recent pick. I wouldn't mind getting both of them. We are how many? How many running backs do we have? We have four, six. We have six now. Okay. We have Eckler, Reese, Pollard, Carter, Gus, and Herbert. Okay. Okay. Dang it! Somehow, how I do that? I missed. I didn't. I didn't put Pollard as green. Okay. Yeah, I we're actually it. we're actually good at running back then. Yeah, I'm fine at focusing back on receiver. So we've John got Mechie, we've got our two ACL. tight ends. We have our two quarterbacks. I don't I don't I don't think we need more than two of each of those. I'm I'm fine with those. So yeah, I think receiver is the place to focus. I do like Mechie. Do we? When's Mechie going to play? It's just with that ACL. But you know what? At this point in the draft, hey, yeah, you know I've said this before, Dwayne. He would be someone where if we get good news, he'd be going much higher than this. So yeah, and he and he has a clear opportunity to earn the number two role. Um, and even if he doesn't start hot, you know, the first of the season, um, Camden just got home from work. Camden's in for the summer and he's got a summer job, dude. He has to leave at like six 30 in the morning. Oh, he's, no. he's, he's getting back <laughs> at like five in the afternoon. I think he's ready just to go back to college. If anything, <laughs> like this job will be a lesson in, um, you know, don't quit school, son. <laughs> well, for Cam, I, I can feel Camden's pain because Mechie and Julio, Straight off the board. Dwayne, I've started a couple wide receivers, Byron Pringle, Justin Ross. Is Robbie Anderson still there? No, he went a couple rounds okay, ago. I see him. I see him gone up there. Okay. Kendrick Bourne's available. James Washington. Gross. Is Wandell Robinson available? Or did you just he say just he, he just went? He Jesus. just went. Um, okay, I'm looking. I'm looking. How much time we got? Uh, uh, is LaVisca gone? 13 seconds. Oh, my God. We have LaVisca. I'd rather take Byron Pringle. Okay. Well, I love Keontae Ingram as a huge upside play if James Conner goes down. So that's the other option. Let me get him. Ah, oh, couldn't get him. Okay. We'll go. We get him coming back. Brian Robinson we'll goes to pick after we pick. So the only thing I'd say with Keontae is I'm not sure he has Eno beat out, but round 18, I don't that's fine. Like, you know, he- like Eno, man, had a chance to get on the field last year and couldn't. You know, look, I'm not saying it'll never happen for him, but if I had to place a chip, it's on Keontae. And Eno goes right after we pick, so. I'll be happy to take Keontae this late in draft because if we're right, man, we're right in a major way. Because, like, the other running backs available, J.D. McKissick, Kenyon Drake, Mark Ingram, Chuba, Trey – Trey Sermon just went. Jaron Johnson. <laughs> Were you James about to White, say Trey Sermon? <laughs> and he went. He like yes. went as he was coming out of your mouth. 
<laughs> there we go. Keontae Ingram on the squad going to wrap up the roster. So to conclude, quarterback, we got Jalen Hurts and Ryan Tannehill. Running back, Austin Eckler, Brees Hall, Tony Pollard, Michael Carter, Gus Edwards, Khalil Herbert, and Keontae Ingram. Wide receiver, Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams, Thielen, Alave, Jameson Williams, Tim Patrick, and Byron Pringle. Tight end, Mark Andrews and Irv Smith. I'm a fan, Dwayne. Running back is, I think, pretty damn I, – I like the way we were able to only take Eckler. Like, we actually – I was mocking that we were doing modified zero RB. We, we kind of did end up doing it uh, to an extent. So, Eckler as our first one, being able to come back with Brees, having lottery tickets in Pollard, uh, Khalil Herbert, and then lesser extents, Gus Edwards and Keontae Ingram. I'm a fan there. And the Brees Hall, Michael Carter, again, kind of galaxy brain potential, I think plays well in this large field tournament. Wide receiver, we have some upside. I would say, if anything, Dwayne, just waiting until pick 34 to get our first wide receiver. You know, when we don't have one in that top uh, 10 or 11 or so, it's going to be tough to feel overly good about it. With that said, I still think we got some good darts throughout. Love the Tim Patrick value. Yeah, can you flip over to the roster view? Will it let you do that yet? Um, Um, No. It's okay. Um, So I think, you know, one thing that we'll do as we continue to go that we didn't really talk through here. um, And again, this is like just our, we haven't done one of these in a month, but um, thinking more about correlation later in the draft, right? Um, So if we've got players from team A and we know that they're going to be playing team B later in the season and that's a potential shootout um, or just um, trying to get the same division, right? Um, you, You know, those are some different things that we can be doing so that when these teams do happen to get into these shootouts, we get that potential boom, potential um, potential boom potential. That's really good. That's that is quality. <laughs> there we uh, go, radio. But just just trying to think through some of the other components outside of right. Just constructing uh, the way we're thinking about roster construction and allocation, right, and the players that we're taking. So I think just trying to weave some of those things into um, what we're doing. That that's probably like the next step. Just going through the rounds, seeing you know if I'm surprised where anyone's going, and really Michael Carter falling to us where he did just. I mean, for him to be going after James Robinson, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, Ramondre Stevenson, Alexander Madison, I mean, I think you could argue he's probably going to have more week-to-week value than all those guys with similar best-case upside um, there. I know the Jets aren't exactly, you know, the Buccaneers or even the Vikings. Uh, With that said, I mean, Michael Carter demonstrated good running back on a team that values him. Didn't add any other running backs throughout the offseason before Brees Hall. Realistically, a one-two punch with some underrated upside. So I like that. Jamison Crowder going as late as he did. Uh, Dwayne, yeah. you know, he certainly would have been in play for us if he had made it back. KJ Hamler, you, someone interesting. Could have, you, could have talked me in, up. you could have talked me into Crowder over Patrick. But I, yeah. I like both players. I just know that Buffalo is going to have huge pass volume, right? So if, for, if, if some way... Crowder does end up being the number two receiver, which is in the range of outcomes for Josh Allen. Um, wow. Like that could be, you know, he's going to be a top 36 receiver if that happens. I think Tim Patrick has more upside as far as like the type of player he is, right? He can play outside. He can catch more touchdowns. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure yards after the catch. I'm sure he's better than Crowder as well, but not in good as good of an offense and a lot more crowded offense. Who's losing out if KJ Hamler is good to go in week one. When we get these routes, who's going to be the odd man out? I kind of think it's Jerry Judy. I think it could be Jerry Judy too. I think that Jerry, uh, here's what I think. I honestly think Cortland Sutton is the least at risk of losing any routes. I I would put Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, probably at the same, the same. No. Now 
again, some of this is based off of what happened, what's happened before, and we don't have the same coaching staff. But we saw, we did see those weeks where Judy and Tim Patrick were rotating, you know, in the two wide receiver sets. Um, you know, we talked about it before, but I think the biggest risk to Judy is, is he going to be on the field for the two wide receiver sets? I'm not even worried about Hamler yet. I'm just worried. Can he be on the field in the two wide receiver stuff and then kick inside, um, whenever he's playing from the slot, I think you can make an argument that Cortland Sutton should be the first Denver Bronco that we're drafting, because I think he probably has the most secure role as far as being on the field um, probably almost every single time Russ Wilson drops back to pass. And we know he's going to be the guy that's working deep. Um, yes, Hamler could be Judy's. All of their ADOTs will probably go up some with Russ, right? Because they went from Teddy Bridgewater to Russ. But I think the order of their ADOTs will still be the same, even though they could all go up. So that's one I've really been toying with. I think right now I've got Judy like five spots ahead of Cortland Sutton. But I think in ADP, they're only like two or three spots apart. It's going to wrap up this draft. Dwayne, anything else you want to go over before I close this draft board? No, no, no. I'll just, I'm going to try to get myself, uh, you know, I love being really organized for these drafts. So I'm still just trying to figure out like the best way to do this. Cause normally like I'm set, we're set up where we can both be in the draft room together and the way we're having to do this, you know, it's a little bit different. So just trying to keep up with the picks and like be in a nice flow and with how quickly that they go, um, you know, I've got to figure out how to do a better job of that. We will both get better. We'll watch the film and get better as we always try to do. So appreciate you guys tuning in with us. Goal is to have these out each and every Wednesday. We'll also have another best ball stream going on over at Underdog Fantasy. We'll be shot out from the PFF Twitter account on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Myself, Dwayne will be on a few of them. Nathan Yonke, Jared Evans, Kevin Cole, just the whole PFF Fantasy crew having a great old time. Maybe a couple of drinks here and there as well. So thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Ian. He's Dwayne. Until next time, take care, everybody.